Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Powerful sales questions. What are they? When to use them? And how to say it? Hey, I'm Donnie Bovine, the CEO and founder of Success Champions Networking and author of Endless Streamer Referrals. And this is Growth Mode, a sales and business development podcast where we talk about sales, business growth, and scaling. Hanging out with me as always is my buddy Kevin Snow, the sales and automation tactician and genius. And in this episode, we're going to dive into the what and how of powerful sales questions. So, Kevin, I can remember when I was young in my sales career, and we've talked about this on a couple episodes about us both using pitch decks. And, you know, when I was first in commercial printing, I really didn't fully grasp the sales concept of, you know, what needed to happen. So I thought I had to wow and pizzazz people with, you know, everything that we could do. So I used to carry this big ass three ring binder with all these samples and brochures and different things that we could print, you know, trying to show these people how awesome and how badass we were. The, the funny thing is, is what I found out later in my career was every print shop's the fucking same. We all have the same equipment. We all can do the same thing. So there really was no wow and pizzazz. But one sales call, um, I, I let the clock get away from me and I looked up at my desk and I had like 30 minutes to get to this call and it was 20 minutes away. So I go running out the fucking door. And as I'm running out the door, I jump in my truck and I take off and I get about halfway there and realize that I'd left my damn pitch deck sitting on my desk. So now that I'm halfway there, I had two choices. I could go back and get my pitch deck and be late or just show up and wing it and see what the hell happens. So I actually chose to wing it and try and figure it out and give it a go. And I thought, you know, I'll remember my pitch deck. I know what will happen. I know how it'll all work. And I walked into this prospect's office and my mind went fucking blank. I couldn't remember my pitch deck at all. I was absolutely clueless. So I started asking questions because I didn't know what else to do. I, I didn't have my wow and pizzazz or my, my presentation. 
And as I asked questions, a prospect was really responding to me. And sure as shit, I walked out with a PO that day. And I was like, wait, maybe there's something to this not having a pitch deck and questions and shit. So the next sales call, I went without there, tried to do questions, and the questions actually worked. And I didn't do pitch decks. And what I found is if you didn't have the pitch deck, you were forced to ask some really cool questions. And that's where I discovered you really needed to use these powerful sales questions. Well, and I think the pitch deck also really forces you to focus on the client and to make it all about them. The pitch decks, I love marketing departments, but pitch decks are all created by marketing people and they're all focused on the company. Right. Let me tell you what what year we were founded. Let me tell you our capabilities, our features, our benefits, all that bullshit. Yep. This is the old bearded guy that started us 75 years ago (laughs) and that you need to know all about him because that has a huge impact on how you do business. So, but that's exactly what it is. It's all the stuff that no one actually cares about, but that marketing tends to think is cool. Marketing people, please don't email me. (laughs) Marketing people, feel free to email (laughs) me and I'll tell you why you're wrong. I'm okay with that. You know, um, and, and, you know, we've talked in past episodes that, you know, sales and marketing should be working together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, salespeople, you always need to keep in your head. You don't need marketing to grow your book of business, but it sure fucking helps if marketing is doing their job to make yours a hell of a lot easier. You know? Yeah, I had I had the same situation where I got rid of my pitch deck and it was more because I I wanted to do I didn't want to focus on the low hanging fruit that the pitch deck was really focused on. It was all the, it was the selling on price. I I wanted to get in where I could actually make extra money uh, from the commissions because I sold higher valued stuff. And I had to find a way to actually make that work. And the pitch deck wasn't cutting it because it didn't focus on the things that I needed to focus on to get people excited to pay me three times what they were paying for their cell phones at the time. Well, yeah, I I think those pitch decks or anything you take on a sales call become some sort of a crutch. You're like, if I got it, I've got to use it. You know, so it takes you out of the game to really fucking get to know the damn prospect and, and truly be interested in their world and gives you a chance to actually fucking listen to what they're saying to you to have these real, real, you know, cool conversations. So, um, let's talk about, you know, badass sales questions. What are they? How we use them? How we should set them up? And uh, when we deploy them throughout the sales call? Uh, how do we tackle that? Well, I, I think it's important for everyone to understand that when you're doing questions and your your whole meeting is geared around you getting a ton of information so that you can provide value to that client in an immediate sort of way that you, you have to make sure that the questioning doesn't turn into an interrogation yeah. or, or an interview where it feels like you're just peppering them with questions. You have to, and, and that's really how it started for me because yep. I actually created the whole cheat sheet with all the questions I needed to ask. And, you know, there's a process I followed. I know all our listeners are surprised that I had a process for how to question. Um, but it, 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 it could it easily can turn into that where you're just asking a question they're answering then you move on to a new one and you're not having an organic conversation 
but it takes practice. Yeah. You actually have to go through it and do the questioning on, you know, numerous times. So you understand that, all right, he just answered this question that comes later in my list. I don't have to ask that. And you're not going through this robotic conversation. Yeah. I and it, and that you can actually interject questions at all parts of that, you know, of your sales process. It's not just all the questions come now. Yeah. And, and I think you really got to be paying attention to the prospect at that point, because you're looking for the moments where they lean into the conversation or they get excited or you, you turned them off, if you will, during, during the process. And if you're just trying to read a script of questions, which I fucking did early on as well, you know, uh, question one, question two, you know, <laughs> um, but, but as you, you know, go through this, <clears throat> you need to be paying attention to the prospect so you can feel your way through the questions process. And, you know, it's something that always gets tweaked and something that always gets adjusted as you ask different things, you know, over time, you're going to learn what your overall sales flow and sales process conversation looks like. So how do you start the questioning? How do you get... You I know, always we go ask to a them, meeting. Yeah, no, I always ask them what's their favorite rum. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I like to set the stage. Um, and for me, it's always I want to understand why we're here. You know, um, what's the point of the meeting? So I'll always start off with, you know, can you tell me a little bit about your world, what you're hoping to get out of this meeting? Can I tell you a little bit about what I want to get out of this meeting? You know, and at the end, <clears throat> we can decide what we're going to do. So, so when I start off, I really want to set the stage so they understand that this is going to be a more higher level professional conversation that allows us to not just get to the end of the meeting and get to some sort of fluffy Hey, call me back in a couple months. We'll figure it out. No, I want to distinguish next step. Like, yes, we can do business together or no, we can't. Or here's when we're meeting and talking next. <clears throat> you know, once we have that set, I really want to let them feel like they're staring the conversation. So I'll always start off with tell me your story. And it's a fascinating question that I've learned just from doing podcasts over the years that that tell you your story, you know, when you ask them to do that, you find out a lot about an individual, you know, different personalities, different profiles will, will handle the stories in different ways. But, you know, it's your chance to start diving in and understand, you know, how they got into this role, you know, why this position, where are they going, where do they see the company going um, and really get in inquisitive um, about why we're sitting here and what we're doing. I, and I think that question, because I, I do a variation on that with my clients, but I think that question is awesome because it's going to give you opportunities to do the active listening with your prospect and ask questions. So they're going to say something that's going to catch your ear that you're going to want to dive into and ask more questions about or comment on that's going to get them to feel, wow, all right, so this guy's actually listening to me. He's paying attention. It's not just an interview where he's checking the box and asking specific things. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I, I think, you know, and we're going to cover a lot of these, but, you know, some of the most powerful questions you get to ask 
are the micro follow-up questions, you know, things like, which means, hey, tell me more about that. Ooh, that's a good thought process. Tell me more, you know, um, and it's the little words that you use to get them to take you further down, especially when they say a statement or something, because, you know, when anybody says a statement or, you know, they say something that you weren't expecting, you're better off not responding, but understanding why they said that statement or why they asked that particular question. Because it's very rarely the question they're asking that they want to know more about. It's what's behind that question that has more meat on the bone. Yeah, I actually did that with one of our members yesterday in a chapter meeting. We were talking and, and he asked a question and I was pretty sure I understood what was going on. But instead of just going in and answering it, I said, all right, so that's a really cool question. Tell me more. What do you mean by this? And made him elaborate on it and got way more cool information out of him that led to a much better conversation for the next couple of minutes in the chapter. So those tools are, you know, those re-questioning and those micro questions are really powerful because it helps you really uncover and peel back the layers of what's actually going on in the person you're talking to's head. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, if, if, People look at the sales call like they're a detective or like they're a doctor and they really are going in to diagnose or figure out, find clues, <laughs> then you're going in to uncover very specific things that you need, you know, people to be able to say yes to your world. Like, you know, that people have to have money. They've got to have ability to make a decision. You know, they've got to have enough time and energy to invest in your product and services. And, you know, they've really got to have a desire to do something. And if you look at these questioning strategies as a way and means to uncover this stuff, it allows you to set yourself apart from everybody else that's selling to them. Because when you start, you know, talking about, you know, what's their decision, <clears throat> what's their decision process or, you know, what's their, their budget, you know, you know, is doing nothing an option, you know, do, asking all of these great questions allows them to paint you a picture of what a perfect world would look like moving forward. And I've had people look at me like, you can't ask about budget. You can't do these type of things. I'm like, you're an idiot if you don't. <laughs> you right? have you to. Know? Yeah, totally. And and it's the, the ability, I mean, the greatest skill of a salesperson is the ability to ask the right fucking questions. And if you can't go in there and find this information out, and guide the conversation, then you're really, really going to struggle with the overall sales and flow of what you're going to accomplish. I think it's not only the ability to ask the right question, it's the ability to ask the right question at the right time. We had Agreed. this conversation with someone yesterday uh, about a product that they wanted us to utilize that we were like, this is asking way too much stuff mm -hmm. way too early in the relationship. You know, because it, it dove right into how much revenue do you have, how much expenses, what's your, you know, operating costs. It was asking some really uh, intimate questions that normally you don't ask your prospect until you've you've had some conversation. Yeah, you've you, built a little you, rapport. Built that trust. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's really key. You know, when you're working with your prospects, you can't just start off with, all right, so what's your budget for this project right. and, and all that stuff? Because it's going to be like, all right, he's just looking to get a quick sale. Right. You know, but as you build trust in the conversation, you know, uh, 
some of the things that I love to ask is, you know, what have you tried in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? You know, um, why, you know, did you decide to go that direction originally? Where are you at now? And you're often going to find that they're willing to tell you what's fucked up in the past, what they don't like, you know, because, you know, they're just as nervous about making a sales decision about doing business with you or anybody else, because if they make the wrong decision, it costs them money, uh, you know, and a lot of money and maybe their job, depending on their role in the company. So your job as a salesperson is to be upfront, you know, uncover real issues, real problems, and, you know, be the person that's sitting across from them and asking questions they've never been asked before. One of the most powerful questions that I ask, and I love this question because it's not one that most of my clients get asked when they're in a, a sales sales process, is what does fixing this issue or taking advantage of this opportunity actually allow you to do? Mm. And getting them to actually talk about the overall impact of you know what we can do for them, how it's going to help them move their company forward or or do something, hit that next stage of growth. Most most salespeople just focus on, you know, what is the issue and the immediate issues around that, immediate repercussions of not doing anything. But understanding the long-term impacts can really help you set yourself apart because you can really focus your solution about how it's a long-term solution and not just it's not a Band-Aid for the immediate symptoms. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and it, it really starts positioning you for your prospect to start selling you on why they should use your services. Because they'll start saying things like, you know, well, I could see you doing this and I could see it doing that. I could think this would solve our issue over here, you know, and this would allow us to do this, um, you know, and, you know, they'll even go so far as to start telling you where the money's going to come from, you know. We weren't planning on doing an investment in this until, you know, the fourth quarter of next year, but I think we can allocate funds and move over here. And it's a really cool way to take the heat off the sales call and not come across like this jackass salesperson that's trying to convince and beat the shit out of them to get a deal done. You know, uh, if you guys haven't figured out, Kevin and I's philosophies are 100% opposite of that greaseball sales shit, you know, and I want a, a mutual win for both parties in the conversation. And if you're asking these questions right, you know, both people are gonna walk away from this conversation feeling like this is one of the best conversations they've ever had in their life. And that's how you know you're doing it right. So, so uh, go ahead. So we have an, uh, a question from one of our members that I think uh, gives a really cool twist on the whole questioning concept and why it's really important. Uh, and it's S.A. Grant. He's the founder of Boss Uncaged, and he's a member of the Atlanta Wolfpack. And his question this week is, what are the ready-to-buy signals of a potential buyer? And yeah. I, I think this is a really cool question because if you're asking the right questions and having that really cool conversation – you're naturally going to start getting buying signals from your client. And I think you started trying to answer this a little bit already. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's fun is, you know, each week we're going to field a question from one of our members of Success Champions Networking. And, uh, you know, that's where we're completely changing how the world networks. But 
Um, it's fun that they are throwing these questions at us as we cover different topics. But, you know, to answer SA's question is, you know, by the time people are ready to purchase, they're going to start giving you gentle nudges. And I'll, and I'll relate it to, you know, how I asked my wife to marry me, you know, <clears throat> about, I don't know, six months before I actually proposed, I started dropping little hints and things, you know, like, hey, could you really see us spend the rest of our lives together? Or, you know, uh, what do you think our, our family will look like in the future? Where do you think we'll live? And she had no clue that I was putting a lot of these little questions in there to you know, uh, position myself to be the right person, but your prospects will do the same thing to you. They'll start giving you buying signals. They'll start telling you how this might work in their world. They'll start telling you, you know, little things that they could see this doing. They could start, they'll start talking about an ongoing relationship and they'll start, uh, as I keep saying, paint you a picture of what the future of this conversation will look like. Um, and it's a really cool way to know that you're having the right adult conversations because they're giving you the ideas of how they could utilize your products and services. Yeah, I think those what if questions are huge buying signals. It's what if down the road we want to do this? And they're now starting to think about not just, you know, the immediate needs, but how this is going to integrate into a long term partnership for them. You know, if they're not actively considering what you offer or working with your company, they're not going to try and have that conversation. They're just going to really be focused on fixing the immediate need. But if you're hitting the right bells and whistles, they're going to start asking questions that help them uh, justify the investment, justify is changing their strategy to integrate you into it, uh, to make, you know, they're going to start trying to figure out how they can justify making these major changes uh, that you normally are proposing in a B2B solution. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, you know, I, 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 for me, oftentimes, I love it when I feel like the prospect is convincing me why they need it. You know, and when you get to that stage, um, it's time to stop selling and start talking about what it looks like to move forward. So when I can tell that a prospect, and you, and you can feel it, when you can tell a prospect's ready to move forward, um, it's a really simple move for me. I don't believe in closing. I believe in closure. Well, let's get a yes, let's get a no, or let's get a solid next step where it's on both of our calendars. But I'll simply ask, you know, where do we go from here? You know, what's what what should we do now? And they'll tell you. They're like, you know what? I love everything about this. Let's get started. You know, or they'll say, you know, after looking at all this, I don't think this is a good fit for us. And then oftentimes I'm like, you know what? I feel the same way, you know, and I'm just going to respect their, their decision because, you know, I don't need every deal to be one and any greaseball asshole that says you should close them all is a fucking douchebag. Um, you know, so, so they'll close you, you know, you still need to position yourself in a place for them to close you, but they'll say, let's get started. Let's rock and roll. Let's get going without you having to poke and prod but with the simple question of where do we go from here? How do you finish up a call, Kevin? <laughs> I, I think we're pretty similar on that uh, outlook of how you close. I've, I'm a high C. I am the introverted sales guy. I've never liked those pushy, over-the-top, hardcore closing. 
uh, techniques. I they always made me feel like I was pressuring people and and you know that used car salesman type guy. So it's always been very much you know getting them to answer questions about implementation. All right, so if we're gonna do this, you know, let's talk about how we move forward. Getting to give me those those details about how we would implement the product. You know what that looks like, how the process is gonna work. And then at the end, it's really just, all right, so cool. We have this all planned. When do we start? And getting them to now, I'll, you know, you know, if I do it, if I do the questioning and the conversation right, they didn't know that they just went through the whole closing yeah. and they just planned how we're going to implement the product. Yeah. And, and I think the whole sales call has got to feel that way. And if you're doing a lot of questions the right way at the right time, you're walking through kind of a constant discovery process. Um, you're going to, uh, I mean, most people want to get to the end of a conversation feeling like they never were sold, right? They want to feel like it was a, it was a right decision for them to move forward. And, you know, it's, Always be mindful that if you feel like a salesperson, you're being a salesperson, you know, so, so these powerful questions will completely set you apart, allow you to have some fun conversations and really move everything forward. Before we give them action items, Kevin, any last things you want to add into this? So I think it's really key and this will kind of lead into our action item for this week. But I think it's really key when you're going to go into a meeting like this, you need to have an understanding of what your outcome is and what you want to accomplish in the meeting. I get so frustrated when I have sales calls with vendors and they, and I can tell that they don't have a understanding of what they're trying to accomplish mm. and everything is just fly by the seat of your pants. You know, as a business owner, I'm busy. I don't have time for fly by the seat of my pants meetings anymore. And when I started my business, I could totally do that. I was fine. I don't have time for that anymore. You need to understand what you're trying to do when you're going into the meeting and have a strategy in your head. Even though you might not follow it exactly, you need to come prepared to what you want to do in the conversation and what type of information you want to get. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So... Action items for this week. Um, we have a couple of them for you. Um, uh, the first one is throw away your pitch deck and at minimum make a list of 10 questions that you can use uh, on your sales calls. You know, uh, and it doesn't mean you have to hit them in order, but having those 10 questions as a starting point will allow you to really start wrapping your head around this idea of questions, how to use them, when to use them. But uh, don't follow it like a script. Um, you know, follow it as a natural part of the process. And, you know, something that you can practice is when there's a lull or a quick pause in the conversation, it's a good place to ask your next question, right? So it keeps the conversation moving forward. Um, anything else on the action steps we were doing, Kevin? Uh, no, I, no other specific tasks, you know, is come up with the 10 questions, throw away your pitch deck and, and then practice it, yeah. you know, get with another sales person on your team, get with another business owner that you trust and role play. I hated role play as a salesperson, but it is really helpful to test out the conversational aspect of what we do and figure out how your questions actually flow together. 
you know, it's going to be, it's going to feel really awkward and really odd the first few times you do it. And that's why you practice so that you don't feel awkward and out of sorts in front of the client. You do it in front of someone who's going to give you really good feedback. Yeah, love that. So guys, as if you got any value out of this episode, powerful sales questions, do us a favor, make sure you are subscribed and following. Make sure you leave us a five-star review if you're listening on the podcast land. Make sure you ring the bell if you're on YouTube. And you know, the ultimate favor you could do for us guys is tell one person about this show. Think of one person who can get value out of this show, this episode, and you know, Help them figure out how to subscribe and listen. We appreciate you as always. Love you, mean it. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.